if you try to completely change your habits, your brain is going to rebel and you'll revert back to what you were doing before. You have to make small habit changes. And over time, those small habit changes will compile. They will build up into large changes. So you put your guardrails up that work with your habits, and then you make those small habit changes and move forward. You work with your habits that aren't really hurting you. You work with your habits, not against them to make lasting change. Welcome to Living a Budget. My name is Katherine Vanderlaan. I'm a financial and career coach at Saber Street. This podcast is for people who are hungry to get to financial independence and retiring early, which means getting out of debt, saving like it's second nature, and setting up your life to pay it forward. Living a Budget is about so much more than just budgeting. We tackle the hard topics, all with the goal to have as much fun as possible while getting to financial independence and retiring early, whatever that looks like for you. I firmly believe you can have fun while getting to financial independence because I've done it myself and I know you can too. Let's get started. Welcome to Living a Budget, episode number two, work with yourself, not against yourself. In this podcast, we are checking out how to get to financial independence, how to retire early with dignity while still having fun. I know it sounds impossible, but I'm here to tell you it's not impossible. It's very much possible. And the only way to do it, the only way to really make that transition is to work with your natural tendencies, not against your natural tendencies. So I'm a financial coach and a career coach, and I find that people oftentimes when they're trying to make a big life change, a big transition, they decide um, whether they consciously believe this or not, they decide that they need to be a different person, that they need to make this huge change, make this huge shift, and I don't know, become an accountant all of a sudden, be, be some sort of expert when it comes to finances and spreadsheets, and, and all of a sudden they need to be somebody who loves loves numbers instead of someone who really could not care less about the numbers and the details. They decide that instead of being a big picture person, they need to be a small detail oriented person. They need to rein in their spending um, just for the sake of reining in their spending. And all of a sudden they find that within a month or two, their motivation has disappeared. They can't keep up with the details because they're a big picture person, not a, not a detail oriented person. They can't do a bunch of things. You know, they, they couldn't change their lives in this small amount of time. I don't know about you, but I'm the same way. Uh, if I tried to be a different person, none of this would work. None of it would work. I would be miserable all the time. I, I couldn't do what I want to do if I'm trying to be someone I'm not. So this whole episode is about working with yourself, working with your natural tendencies instead of against yourself. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. What you need to understand is who you are so that you can then work with your natural tendencies so you can save more money every month, so you can invest more money every month, so you can live the life that you want to live instead of living the life that you're living now. That's it. That's it. So let me, let me tell you a story. 
When I was in my early 20s, I had just graduated from college. I had my full first full-time job. And I mean, that in, in of itself was a journey, right? I don't know. I'm a millennial. It's not like I graduated and all of a sudden I had a full-time job. I, I had my college degrees and uh, that was a journey getting there. I was also marched down, down the road uh, to have a new car. As soon as I got my new job, I had rent to pay. I had student loans to pay and I had very little income. So, you know, so it was at this point in time, it was after the, the real estate crash. So, so some things were a little bit more restrictive, but I, I still was maxing out how much, how many bills I had in relation to my income. And by that, I mean, I only had a very few, like a handful of dollars left at the end of every month. So my natural tendency is to spend as much as I have. I don't know if that's you. Um, And here I am, financial coach saying that my natural tendency is to spend every single dollar that I have, right? Who here can relate to that? And it was even, I mean, it was, it was raw. It was new when I was in my early twenties, I was in charge of my own budget. I did not have any help. And all I had was, was my income, what I had to work with and a credit card and a car loan and student loans and rent. And, oh yeah, I had to feed myself too. How did I manage my money? All I knew was business cash flow. And it's not because I took any, any finance course. I learned it from my parents who were both spenders. So all I knew was cash flow needed to be positive every single month. Great. How do I get that to work? I didn't know any fancy accounting. So I made a very, very, very simple budget. And what I did was I checked my bank account sometimes twice a day to make sure that I had enough for rent. I had enough for my car payment. I had enough for my student loan. And I made sure that I had enough in my bank account to live for that month for until the next paycheck or, or until the, the next month, you know, pay, pay this month's bills and maybe some of next month's bills. That, those were my natural tendencies. That is what I had. And I didn't try to work against it necessarily. Now, now I will in another podcast episode, I'll talk about how you, that can get to an extreme and how, how I learned to balance health and getting out of debt but I, I was working with my natural tendencies of checking my bank account for the security of knowing that I had money in there to pay all of my bills. So in order to build up a savings, I needed to figure a few things out. I needed to figure out how much I had to spend on fun and on food. I needed to know how much I had to spend, you know, outside of my bills and then make a plan for that. And then put whatever extra I thought necessary, either on my debt automatically or auto, auto diverted to a savings account. That, that was something I learned about my life. And I, I didn't try to change my habit. What I did was I worked with the habits that I already had to make lasting money changes in my life. I worked with those habits of checking my bank account to know how much I had to spend. And I'll tell you what, in coaching many, many, many people so far, that is a habit that I see over and over and over again. 
You're trying to, you, people check their bank account to see how much they can spend. And if it's run dry, it's run dry. And guess what? People don't spend more. So how would you, how would you use your habits to rein in whatever sort of spending or, well, that's what we're talking about here. Any sort of spending techniques uh, or any sort of spending habits you have, how would you use your habits to rein it in? Well, for me, I opened up other bank accounts and I had one spending bank account and then I had one savings bank account and I made sure that I didn't really, I didn't save the login information for my savings account. I didn't uh, check that at all. I didn't keep track of it. And to this day, I don't really keep track of it too much. Although I have a little alert that tells me when it's, it's too large so that I can then divert some of it to investments. But I also have auto things set up as well, right? So I use automations that we have nowadays that, that our, you know, generations before us did not have, they didn't have this 20, 30 years ago. They have them now. So I use those auto deposits, auto money techniques to work with my habits. Here's my point. If you try to ch- to completely change your habits, your brain, I have a degree in neuropsychology and I like to read up on your brain. If you try to completely change your habits, your brain is going to rebel and you'll revert back to what you were doing before. You have to make small habit changes And over time, those small habit changes will compile. They will build up into large changes. So you put your guardrails up that work with your habits, and then you make those small habit changes and move forward. You work with your habits that aren't really hurting you. You work with your habits, not against them to make lasting change. If you can do that, you can do anything. So, so I hear this all the time when I'm working with clients, I I'm trying to make a huge change. Shouldn't I just start over? Shouldn't I wipe the slate clean? Shouldn't I do something totally opposite of what I was doing? You know what I'm doing now? Well, yes and no, right? Yes and no. You know, I'm, I'm glad some people are trying to make huge changes with your finances, but you need to know your work is mostly going to be head work. It's mindset work. It's changing how you look at money. It's changing what you view money as. If you view money as security, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it can get out of hand. If you view money as something that you need to, you need to spend right now. Well, we need to address that. We need to put those guardrails up. We need to take some of that out of your field of vision. Group Financial Coaching is a group that's getting out of debt together. We celebrate wins, keep each other accountable, and tackle the hard life questions that come up. If you wish you had a group of like-minded people to lean on and learn from, join us in Group Financial Coaching. We're here to help you get to financial independence and have fun on the journey. Learn more at saverstreet.com slash group financial coaching. All right. Here's something I know about a month ago, I bought a ton of Oreos. Now, if you know me at all, you know, I, I like desserts, although I have a sugar limit and Oreos are my favorite cookie. They're incredible. 
I bought like 10 sleeves of Oreos. This is like three normal packs of Oreos because it was at Costco. They were on sale and I thought I was going to make some sort of like special cake or ice cream cake thing with them. Never did it. We just ended up keeping the Oreos. If they were on the counter, they'd be gone by now because I can see them. That's the, that is the risk of a cookie jar. That is the risk of putting something where you can see it. If I could see those Oreos, I I would have eaten them all and I would have gained uh, quite a few pounds. But because they were hidden away in a cabinet that's hard to get to, I've had only just a few. I mean, my husband's had a few more, but I've only had a few. And so I've stayed healthy. I have, they have stayed out of sight and out of mind. The same is true with your finances. If you want to stay financially healthy, one of your guardrails that you put up is keeping some of that money out of sight and out of mind. That's one of the beauties of investments. That's one of the beauties of putting your emergency fund where you can't see it. It's out of sight, out of mind. And then all you're really doing is managing what you need to manage for your month to month finances, knowing that you do have an emergency fund. You do have some safety and security funds around the corner if you ever need them in case of emergency. That's why they're called emergency funds. And eventually on your way to financial independence or an early retirement or regular retirement, uh, you have you have those funds in retirement or investment vehicles that are a little bit harder to get to. It's harder to liquidize. It's harder to get to those funds. So the beauty of, of managing your money well is putting some of it out of sight and out of mind, thinking, thinking of them as Oreos, something that you can have every once in a while for a fun thing, or maybe for an emergency. And I have my emergency Oreos too. Not true. Uh, so <laughs> try to work with your habits, try to work with your human nature and you'll start to see that you're getting ahead. Now I, I hear some other objections, you know, that's never worked for me in the past. Now we get to the real issue. I get it. Small changes sometimes work and sometimes don't. I'll tell you another little story. I used to play world of Warcraft and cutting back on hours. If you don't know world of Warcraft, it, it's a highly addictive, uh, they call them MMORPGs, massive multiplayer online role-playing games. They're super, super fun and super addictive. And they're addictive for multiple reasons. They've hired behavioral psychologists to make sure that your leveling plays on this uh, pleasure centers of your brain. So you constantly want more and every single level gets just that little bit of harder to get to where, you know, all right, well, your brain has been trained. I'm going to feel happy if I get to this next level, it's going to be fun. And there's also that social element. Anyway, I could go on and on. I actually wrote a paper on how addictive it was. And that caused me to quit playing for the third to last time that I quit playing. Um, I don't play now. I haven't for a, over a decade, decade, I think at this point. So anyway, for me, cutting back on hours wasn't sustainable because it was addictive. It was super addictive. And I went back because of social pressure. Those, those few times that I went back to playing it, my friends like playing with me. So I went back to playing that addictive game. I had to cut it off. I had to just quit. Uh, 
And sometimes there are things in life that you just have to quit. Unfortunately, money management isn't one of them. That is, that's something that has to live with a, within a healthy tension in your life. If you're a spender like I was, like I am, then you have to put together in your box, in your rule book, in your mind, you have to put together a healthy tension and healthy rules in your mind and different guardrails that keep your finances in check so you can continue to move forward and get the life that you want to live, financial independence or an early retirement. So know yourself. That's all I'm saying. Know yourself. If you're an all or nothing kind of person, then make it all or nothing or on, you know, on small habit changes. You have to make those small habit changes and stick to them. Those are your all or nothing. If you're an addictive kind of person like me, make the changes fun and measurable. When, when we say addictive personalities, what, what I mean when I say addictive personality is somebody who really loves achievement or somebody who really loves that dopamine rush of, of something, right? Now, I'm not somebody who's ever been addicted to drugs except for maybe caffeine, my morning coffee, but the addictiveness of, of a video game or of, of spending plays on those dopamine receptors, plays on your brain's pleasure center. And that's the sort of thing that you might need to cut somehow with accountability, with a friend, with a coach, with a mentor, someone who can help you keep track of and measure your progress and make it fun so that you find more fun and more value in saving money than in spending money. Now that might seem impossible for you right now. That might seem completely impossible. Make it about social pressure. Make it about what motivates you, what you will look forward to and build that in so you can stick to the hard changes in your life that you want to make. So bottom line, work with yourself, not against yourself. Find the guardrails that you need to put up, put them up and then make those small changes. Be all or nothing on some changes in your life. And if you need accountability, if you need help, if you need somebody who is really good at reading people and doing this all the time, go to saverstreet.com and book a complimentary consultation. That's what I'm here for. But all of this is so that you can do it yourself. And if you can't do it yourself, there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with you if you can't do it yourself. We need other people for many things. You know what? I don't grow my own food. I need other people to grow food, to harvest food, to process food, hopefully not too processed except for my Oreos. And then, you know, transport that food, stock that food. And then I, you know, in my self-sufficient way, go to a grocery store and buy something super packaged and bring that, you know, gather that home. But I, you know, I need other people and so do you. If you need other people, there's nothing wrong with that. All right. I hope it helped you view yourself as somebody who is whole, who is on a journey, who you need to work with, not against. I'll see you on the other side. I'll see you in a new podcast. I'll see you in another episode. I hope this helped. Let me know what you think. 
And if you need help, go to savertreat.com. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living a Budget. I'm glad you're here. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate our podcast on iTunes or whatever you're using to listen. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at saver.street. And if you need help with your personal finances, feel free to book a complimentary consultation at saverstreet.com. We'll help you find what you need in your journey to financial independence. I'll see you in the next episode.